0: They say love is patient, they say love is kind.
1: guess what, guys? We are together right now. I'm looking at Katie's face. I know. This is really strange. I've never looked at you in the eyes when we've recorded a podcast before. weird. I don't
0: know. I know. <laughs> I feel nervous. Lauren is un- excited. I know. I'm excited, too. Yeah, we've been just having the best of times and not the worst of times. No. No just the it's, best just of times the best of times yeah we should we should suggest a rewrite on that yeah we should
1: well i mean sometimes are the best and the worst of times but this is just the best of times this is this is it we have um lauren has watched game of thrones which is a really big deal for lauren lauren was-, was in
0: the room when game of thrones was on tv you're correct. I wouldn't say that Lauren watched Game of Thrones. You're correct. And I'm not a person that's like better because I don't watch Game of Thrones. I'm just not cool enough to subscribe that's, to that club. That's correct. She's not cool enough to subscribe to the club, but she is cool enough
1: to snuggle with me and my husband as we watched it last night. So yeah, and flirt with the dog. Much appreciated. Oh, well, that was really what it is. Mm-hmm. But then the dog was pissed when you woke up and she, you were know- still here this
0: morning. She was she angry. Was capital M there. Yeah.
1: Um, you're putting something in your mouth right now. What is this? I- <laughs> This is an auditory medium. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll let our readers, our listeners, guess what that is.
0: We'll take a moment. You can guess. It's champagne, because we're excited to be together. That's what it is. And it's not just champagne. It's champagne chock full of raspberries. And Lori didn't like raspberries until today, which is um, something I have changed her on. It's a big day for me. Yeah. Um, Well, I don't think that there's anything that makes me more playful than champagne does. Oh, what a segue. Oh, I sat on that one for a minute. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to talk about this. It's something I think about a lot, but also the topic suggestion came to us from my friend and awesome, uh, the pastor at our church. Uh, so shout out to Pastor Kim. Um, we've talked about the importance of play in relationships.
1: Mm, so important because so much of, especially I think once you get married, so much of your relationship feels like work. Yeah. Well, because it's that's, a business
0: partnership, you know? It, Yes, and that's so much of what the, um, okay, so I pulled together a couple of things I think are really interesting. Apparently NPR did a series about play, and adult, uh, play just in adult life, not specifically in relationships. They would. Yeah, and um, it's so this comes from the Sammy Unigan article, and there's a like a, an auditory component that you could listen to as well. It, it's called Play Doesn't End With Childhood, and Adults Need Recess Too. Hmm. Snappy title. Yeah. Um, this comes from Dr. Stuart Brown. He says, so he defines play as something that you do for its own sake. Uh, voluntary, pleasurable, offers a sense of engagement, takes you out of time, and the act itself is more important than the outcome.
1: It takes takes you out of time, and the act itself is more important than the outcome. Yeah. What's the other part you said? Because those are so novel to me. Uh, something that's done
0: for its own sake. Okay. Voluntary
1: and pleasurable. Okay. And sometimes I think we can bring play to chores. Like that's a goal of mine is mm-hmm. that I'm trying to bring that kind of joyful fun to to things you have to do. But the idea of play is that it is an
0: activity for the sake of the activity. Yeah. And there's another definition of play that comes from another, it's a, not really a research article. It's like a, a gathering of ideas that comes out of the uni- Utah State University. Who yeah. knew that that was a, a university that's centered on the research of play. Yeah. Um, and they talk about it as any pleasurable use of discretionary time. I love that.
1: Although, yeah, no, I think that that's great. I just, there's, the therapist part of me is was trying to weigh in on whether or not pleasurable use of discretionary time is a good or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about whether or not play is good or bad. At well, this point, we're talking about just
0: play, what it is. True, and that's where we'll stay. But it is important to note that the NPR article goes into that as well. It talks about if you are a, a gambling addict... And you are at a slot machine. That's not play because there's you're not in it for the the you are in it for the outcome. And once the outcome is a part of it, then it's not play anymore.
1: Ooh, that's such mm-hmm. a good point. If you're in it, and so some of us with our play and the things that we do for play have to check in on what the payoff is for mm-hmm. it. If the payoff is play, and I'm having fun, then it's play. If the payoff is relief or um, mood altering, then maybe the purpose is not play. It's like an addiction. It's self soothing, not yeah. Play. Like, so I'm thinking, honestly, I'm thinking or, about masturbation, because the word pleasure made me think about my patients who used to, uh, I used to work with patients who chronically masturbated. Yeah. And that is certainly pleasure for the sake of the activity.
0: Um, there's, but, you, but not play, though. I, I think, think that sex can be play. Sex you? can be play. I think yeah. masturbation can be play. Mm, yeah. No, it definitely can be. But also, what i I think I was there, thinking about it in the context of your old person? job.
1: Oh, in the co- but in yeah. the context of my old job, yeah. those people were using it often. I used to work with people who had problem sexual behavior, and a lot of time my old patients would use this play for self-soothing. Yeah. So it's a good, I just want to underscore that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's important. Um, also, this is, so this is not specific to relationships, but it's specific, specific to humankind. Um, so there's a man named David Kay who has been uh, a leader of a like gaming group for 20 years, he, and he's uh, cited in this article from NPR, mm-hmm. and he plays like. Uh, like long form games like you know you'll see those people gather to play those long form games and um, mm-hmm. he talks about the di- difference between those kinds of games that he's playing in his groups and traditional games like monopoly is that people are not excluded. So in other words, it's in some games you get to a certain point and somebody's knocked out of uh, the game so they have nothing to do for the next hour. Collaborative games. Yeah, so these kinds of and I guess they're German style games are the ones that he plays have helped his groups create the incredible community over the years because there's there's that um, uh, that element which in education world there is a whole uh, school of thought and there's a a book called you can't say you can't play and about a kindergarten teacher who made that that they as a team as a kindergarten classroom voted on that being the rule that when anybody time any time somebody walked up and wanted to play the group had to accept them they just Mm. made that one of their rules and and the book actually follows that kindergarten classroom through the journey of the year and it's it's actually, it's academic research and it's beautiful. Goosies.
1: Mm -hmm. I just got big time goosebumps. Those kids, like, I love that those kids came up with that rule themselves Mm -hmm. and that we were just, you and me were just talking earlier about how sometimes making a rule for yourself, like one of my rules for myself is if you have the urge to be generous or or go on a run, do not (laughs) second guess it. Just go on the run before you talk yourself out of it. Be generous before you talk yourself out of it. This is, if, if, if you, if somebody asks you to play, I know that we're going to generalize this to our couples or to our relationships, but if Mark or Caitlin asks us to play, we should
0: play. You should play. That is such yes. a bid for
1: attention, okay.
0: Which, yes, is a bid for attention. So what happens in relationships is that, um, well, you just said Gottman, so let me just jump into the Gottman stuff. Uh, so there's a little, As always. As always, there is a blog on uh, the Gottman website called uh, Choose a Partner You Can Be Playful With. And in, cl- in kids, we celebrate play. We say that kids bring joy and play to a situation. Um, play is how
1: kids learn and grow their relationships, too, right. right?
0: Yeah, and we, as a society, give it space. Like, we are delighted by the way that kids play. Like, we love, we always say that kids bring joy into a situation.
1: And what we also notice as a society is that when we take play away from kids, kids don't thrive, they, right? Yeah, they, so we
0: know that we, and thrive. I bet you it's the same in adults. Uh, <laughs> really <laughs> what do you do you think um as we grow older more often than not we are encouraged just to, to subdue our playful tendencies and replace them and be serious and professional and pretend like we have it all figured out and that i think is that's where this imbalance happens um so the gottman talks, the Gottman blog talks a lot about what we can do to increase novelty because that's like the number one thing that makes us playful and they talk about this concept that's beautiful called the beginner's mind.
1: Yeah. So going into
0: something with a play mm-hmm. mindset and being able to say like I'm here to play I'm in a beginner's mindset I am open to the experience I don't know how to do this.
1: Okay I've got to read you my my most I hope that I have not like erased this notification from my phone because oh I want to view I want to view uh, my headspace notification, I have three headspace notifications so I can't see this one. but I got a recent headspace notification that said most of us do not associate curiosity and playfulness with mindfulness, but curiosity and playfulness are the key mm-hmm. for mindful behavior because the idea that nothing nothing is that serious and we should I Mark as a PE teacher, I always say that I wish that he his like tagline for his resume was like, I take funds, or I take play seriously. yeah, Because that, like, it is so important to be having that beginner's mind. And when kids are playing,
0: they're learning how to be that curious mind. Yeah. You know? And also, <laughs> what you, you said this before, I think you said it on the podcast, that nothing is boring if you're paying attention. Oh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. nothing is boring if you're really paying, and mindfulness teaches <laughs> me that, but also, Playfulness,
1: a willingness to see how things work, right? It's like improv. You did improv in high school, right? In high school mm, drama class? Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. have to do improv to, like, yeah. warm up for the play? Yes. Me too. Yes. I did not do improv, like... Right.
0: Like, doing improv. Like, Elise does improv. Yeah, right. But we know... Elise does improv? Oh, Elise, Elise has started an improv group in Bulgaria, so... Shout out to our
1: awesome listeners. Talk
0: about the bravest thing,
1: the bravest sentence anyone has ever said. Elise has started an improv group in Bulgaria. Okay, so it's when you're improv-ing. The idea is like you know those games on like Who's Line, where they'll give you something and they say like, play around with this, figure out what it is. Like, it it encourages your imagination. And Mm -hmm. when you, I think Mm -hmm. when you have imagination, oh, so many good things. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so the beginner's mindset. Not so seeking out novel experiences. Uh, and research shows that engaging in novel experiences as a couple activates your brain's reward system, which produces favorable benefits.
1: Are you gonna give me some neurotransmitters
0: that it? Oh it releases? yeah, girl! Tell me some neurotransmitters. I also want you to know that Katie, Katie just put a power fist in the air. This is the kind of shit I don't usually see, y'all. I love <laughs> neuroscience. <laughs> Yeah, this is a visual medium. <laughs> yeah, right. Studies show that pe- that couples who go on exciting and novel date nights or engage in fun and challenging activities have higher relationship satisfaction. Shocker, right? But like, <laughs> here's your neurotransmitters. Such novel experiences release dopamine and norepinephrine, the same chemicals which are released during your early romantic courtship, like your falling phase. Mm. The stars and butterflies.
1: I thought you were going to say during your orgasm. <laughs> I got.
0: <laughs> my mind is right now, but yeah uh, right, it's those
1: are the ones that are. It's the novelty, right? Yes. It's the, and have you ever been playing with Caitlin and noticed something
0: new about her? All and the like, time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So oh, there's such good stuff. You also you just said something that I remember thinking. Mm. Oh, okay. You were talking about the good things, like the uh if the benefits that come from play. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a big link that people have been studying lately between um, mutual well, playing games, doing puzzles with memory and thinking skills. And they especially are working on this in um, a lot of clinical studies with uh, Alzheimer's patients and working on what kinds of uh, things that you can do in that arena. Um, yeah, so, don't they say like Sudoku is good for like Alzheimer's? Yeah, I, I think so. I guess. We say that. <laughs> we say it.
1: <laughs> Not scientifically based. It. No. Oh, you just said we do stand behind, and I said no. So it's but mixed you- messages here. <laughs>
0: Our lit- our listeners are critical thinkers. They are. They'll you figure guys it figure it out. It. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so a number of studies suggest that that helps maintain memory. Um, mm-hmm. And couples who sustain a sense of mutual playfulness with each other tend to work out the wrinkles in their relationships much better than those who are serious.
1: I think that that's probably because when you are when you have positive regard for your partner, it like this is. Lauren and I are always saying, okay, so. I am thinking about running some groups at work that a series of them called, like, Please Believe Me It Actually Does Work, about, mm-hmm. like, I I like to say at work that I'm a breathing evangelist. Like, I'm always teaching people. I'm like, no, seriously, I know it's annoying when your therapist tells you to breathe. You need to breathe. Lauren and I are always talking about, like, the things that are seemingly very, very straightforward, but are not necessarily straightforward in action, which is that, turns out, if you have fun with your partner, you like them more,
0: mm-hmm. and you're more willing to be nice to them when you're nice to them Yeah, and right. this is something that I think happy that people have just don't learned, kill their husbands. They just don't. I have learned this like in a very acute way from my partner, and the way that she is able to bring play into tense situations. And I see the same thing happening in her. Like she gets this from her family, um, and like I was, I was telling Katie earlier today. Recently, we were like just, like, kind of been kind of cranky with each other. There's, like, high-stress stuff going on. And I was, at one point I was like, stop it, you're being mean to me. And Caitlin, like, turns to me and she's like, but I want to be mean to my wife. Yes. <laughs> and so now, like, whenever one of us is being, like, a little cranky, we're able to, like, poke the other person and be like, you're being mean. No, I want to be mean to my wife. <laughs> well, so
1: one of my favorite ways to incorporate play as, like, a, as a um, way to mitigate stress is by making it, Thinking ahead of time, like when you're striking while the iron's cold, to incorporate humor when you're stressed out. So, one of the things that, like, I will do with my patients or that, you know, Mark and I will do, and I think this is a good way to do it with your kids, is like make a code word. Mm-hmm. So when something is happening and you don't wanna make it into a whole big deal, mm-hmm. a whole thing. A whole thing with jean. A whole thing with Jean. What you're gonna do is instead just like maybe say a little joke word or mm-hmm. like like pull on your ear a little bit or be like, You're doing the thing and like make it a little make it playful like that. Like, but I wanna be mean. And yeah. Like, or sometimes Mark will like, um, Mark will do something to, like, make fun of my temper tantrum that is so egregious, it's not mean, yeah. that, like, I can't help but laugh. Right. Like, if he, like, tries to play a tiny violin for me or something, <laughs> or, like, I, it just, it's so ridiculous, because right. Mark is the kindest person ever, that, like, it knocks, playing and recognizing, like, playing to me is all about not taking yourself seriously, mm. and I grew up in a family that was very, like, we make fun of you, we make, like, I'm gonna laugh at your shortcomings, and, like, yeah. Um, and I grew up with friends like that too, and I think yeah. bringing that into your marriage can
0: take some of that pressure off. You know, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a, a statement, and then I mm-hmm. have a question. <laughs> I feel like per- okay, Perd per- Hapley, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the it's question I will I ask. <laughs> and that was my statement, <laughs> and now here
1: is my question.
0: <laughs> okay, so according to Plato, you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. That's my statement. Okay, what's your question? <laughs> um, well, my question is separate. So okay. let's discuss we'll the statement. To so in their their example that they use is that if you are playing with somebody and they their reaction to losing a game is could be a can or could be an indicator of how they might react to a life disappointment oh do I have a story about this they, oh yeah thank god my husband and I
1: were uh, if not engaged at this time very close to being engaged because I might have taken this as a sign in the beginning of our relationship so Mark taught me how to play chess I've never known how to play chess and it's something as like somebody who fancies herself an intellectual I felt self-conscious about so Mark taught me how to play and the entire time we were living together in Charlottesville I did not know how to play chess And like, Or I did, but I just was really bad at it, and he beat me every time. Mm -hmm. When I went away to grad school, I think you know this story, Mm -hmm. I downloaded a chess app on my phone and played constantly. Because one of the things, Mark is really skillful at games. Mark is somebody who, strategy comes very easily for Mark. And so uh, he loves a strategy game. In fact, he's always trying to get me to play Stratego with him. Loves a strategy game. I am Mm -hmm. not as great at strategy. So I, in grad school, practiced and got really good at playing chess. And then I came home... And I beat his ass in chess like the first three times. And he was not, I thought maybe I was just gonna be a fun opponent, like that I was gonna be stepping up my game. Um, Turns out, Mark likes to win. Well, (laughs) he's a sports dude. He's a sports Mm dude. But then I, and that was actually, it led to a really helpful conversation. So even if you're not learning about somebody, you're also learning about yourself as partners Mm -hmm. because I right away was like, okay. You're a sports dude, but I am not... Compa- I'm really not competitive, which is why those collaborative German-style games are really fun for me, like Pandemic, so mm-hmm. fun. But I am not competitive, and so when Mark gets upset or, like, butthurt about me lo- winning, mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, well, fine. Like, if you're that upset about it, then we don't have to play. Yeah. And I'm not doing it as, like, a threat. It's that the- I see that emotional reaction, and I'm like, you don't like this game. Yeah. Like, if, it- if you when you lose, it hurts you. But that's just a difference in play style, right? Yeah. Like, I... Mark grew up... His entire play life has been competition play. Right. And my entire play life has been collaborative play. And mm-hmm. I don't mean, like, on teams, because I don't... I'm an indoor kid. But I mean, like, talking and painting mm-hmm. and um, going to see movies. Like, mm-hmm. things where we both equally benefit. So different play styles has been a big deal for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we... I i definitely relate to that. And I can see... Um, well, this is not my marriage, but in the in children, there are kids who prefer that kind of like competitive play, and there are kids that that kind of is a turnoff, and that's you definitely. See that as me. a nature
1: thing or a nurture thing? Like, I mean, obviously everything is both and. Yeah, but, both and. Um, but do you think some kids just tend to be I, more competitive? Yeah,
0: I think there's probably some nurture elements because I coming from an area where parents were very high powered and very involved. I think that they, they tend to create kids who are like more. Uh, nervous about gameplay or like more, um, it's more, it seems like more of a testament to their value as humans if they lose a game. I you know. Well, I have not, about
1: losing, I've never felt like that. But even for when I was a young kid, mm-hmm. I never liked, this is why I don't like competition, is that I feel like when I'm on a team and I'm just doing the best I can, but it's not as good as what other people would want from me, uh-huh. I feel the disappointment from my teammates and I hate that feeling so much that I would either rather just... I would rather, I just would rather not like, that's why I will not like, I can't join a kickball team because I know that if I am doing kickball and I'm, my foot goes over the ball, which it will 10 times out of 10, I will yeah. not kick the ball. <laughs> I just know myself. Yep, same. I know that people are going to be like, oh, and I'm like, why would I do that? Why yeah. would I do that? And they're like, no, it's fine, Katie, I guess. Why would I play that? So, but that's where Mark likes to play. So he and I have to work to find. Yeah,
0: I was going to say what are what are things. So that was my question. The question after my statement. Mm -hmm. The question I'm going to ask is the one I will ask now. Now, and here it is. (laughs) And here it is the question (laughs) that I will say. Um, what are what are kinds of play? Because because game, I think that we sometimes as adults like to put the narrow definition of like game, like play means games, but it doesn't always because like you can play with your words and you can play. With your bodies, not sexually, but just, like, I mean, also sexually. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: you can play, like, Mark and I will dance. And, right. like, make funny. There's, um, I, Mark and I love those Christopher Guest movies, like Best in Show yeah. and stuff like that. And they, they there was one recently that was not very good, but a, we loved it, called Mascots on Netflix. And one of the girls in it is an armadillo mascot. It's Elizabeth Banks, and she's, like, the armadillo. She's, in so, it's, like, such a physical, weird character that she plays. And Mark and I imitate her movements constantly just to make <laughs> each other laugh like it's very like robotic and strange looking and we're always just I'll have to show you a video of it later but that's like physical play that we yeah. do or like I will um like I remember when we first lived together in Charlottesville like Mark dumped a, bot- a like a cup of cold water on me when I was in the shower and like I pranks that aren't mean non-mean yeah. pranks I think are funny play. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah I agree I was were we talking about this uh, I think I was, ta- I was talking about this on A- on April Fool's Day, and I was I was so appreciating. And of course, there are pranks that are mean, and those are not the ones I'm dress- I'm addressing. But at my job, Most because we work with things. kids, <laughs> yeah, because we work with kids, it like kind of it pu- it pushes adults mm-hmm. to have to find creative, non-mean ways to play with each other. So like for example, on the announcements, they they told everybody that the the kids had to spend an extra day in school, and the teachers had three extra days like in-service days at the end of the school year. And then, mm-hmm. uh, which was like the April Fool's joke, mm-hmm. and it like got a bunch of people, and that was fun. Yeah. And then They put this, this. I love this one. This sign on the copy maker that said like "Voice commands have been activated," and it was like so people <laughs> just talk to the copier. <laughs> yes. And it was like you need to identify yourself. Like, but like that's how you need to start. Like that's how you'll get your like credentials inside the machine to get to start making copies. And it's still in the beta phase, so if it doesn't work, please repeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Okay, so on our local news station on April Fool's Day, they had like a How to
1: Survive April Fool's, and it literally just said, trust no one and trust nothing. And yes. I was like, this is a very shady message, like taken out of context. Yes, it's so true. Okay, let me ask you your opinion on this. I okay. have a question. Well, right. I also want, first of all, Mark and I play, I think, mostly by, um, we have a lot of fun being physical together, so mm-hmm. we do a lot of playing like by going on walks and going on like going on jogs. Um but I one of the ways I've always liked to play is through teasing. Mm-hmm. And I know that some, some people there's opinion. really that's yeah. so controversial for some people. And Mark really doesn't do well with teasing. Mark is very sensitive and one of I love teasing because I've always and I can sense I think pretty well when I've gone too far and when mm-hmm. others have gone too far with me. But it's always helped me take myself less seriously. Like mm-hmm. you poke fun of me Like, you made a joke earlier about I had been saying, like, I have no idea. Mark thinks I'm rebellious. And I was like, I have no idea why Mark thinks I'm rebellious. And then I made a comment that was literally, like...
0: (laughs) You listed, like, four
1: rebellions. (laughs) (laughs) That I did, like, right in a row. I was like, well, you said this, and I hated that, so I did this right behind that. And and Lauren was just laughing at me and was like, you're not rebellious in the least. And, like, to me, that gentle teasing is, like, that is playful to me. It's so fun to be able to laugh at myself. Do you like what do you got? Where do you guys come down on that? Yeah,
0: well, I think I understand why people have hesitancy about it because I've seen teasing being used. Like, I just saw Bullying. it, I, yeah, and I saw it recently. I was at a wedding and there was a bridesmaid, like, she and her husband were like quote unquote teasing each other at the bar, but they were kind of drunk, and it just I, well, I assumed that they were. It just it, it was way, not, way, it was mean. It was, yeah. it was not, there was not love there. So Can you I think, feel
1: that with other people when they're teasing? Oh, I see when a couple teases themselves with, teases each other with love, I feel warmer and safer. Yeah. And when they tease each other and there's a sense of meanness, I feel nervous and afraid of, yes. like, I want to be away from that. Well, and
0: I think that that's one of those Especially things in public. that you, you grow together with your partner so you know what, the, what are those things that, like, it's okay for me. There's a certain set of things I know I'm allowed to say about my wife. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there's a certain – there are things – and I think it's a, if it's a sensitivity, then that's something that you probably don't need to be teasing each other about. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I've come to learn that Mark
1: – I am I can tease him about his enthusiasms, but not his pains. Yeah. And I, I feel open to being teased about some of my pains, but uh-huh. I also feel like the people in my life know the ones that they can tease me about and the ones that they can't. Yeah. But um, Mark does much better when I'm like – um, making fun of how like sexually attracted he is to
0: Bryce Harper, the new guy. You, do you know who that is? Wait, is he a baseball player? On the was he on? He was on the Nats, and, and now he's, he's on the on the Philadelphia
1: on the Philadelphia Phillies, which is the reason Mark cares about him. That was so sporty of you. I, that was a high five,
0: y'all. This has been Sports Corner. <laughs> we,
1: Lauren <laughs> and I were talking earlier today about what if Lauren and I had our own podcast just about sports? It would be very short. I'd listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, what's your favorite type of play to do with your wife?
0: Um. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's an important part of marriage. Well, and can I just...
1: We have a general, like, we don't talk about sex until we make money off of this podcast rule, but I will say that I think that there is a really big difference. Sex, just like everything else that we do, like exercise, can be um, maintenance, can Mm -hmm. be for a certain purpose, and can also be for play, Mm -hmm. and I would say... That just like with exercise and with most things like that, that if there is not an element of play, that I think that maybe that's an opportunity for investigation. Yeah. That playfulness during sex, the ability to laugh and be silly and not mm-hmm. self conscious and to make fun of yourselves is, I think, and to be experimental, I think is crucial.
0: Yeah. That Instead that of just ele- a chore. There is no part of your marriage that, that play, play can't be a part of. Completely. And weird. I think. And there's some areas where if play is not a part of it, that's a problem. a problem. And I one of the things I think is most important in a relationship, in a long-term relationship where you're going through the, like the heaviness of life, uh, especially because we've talked about this before, about the persistent problems, about how yeah, you, know, yeah. you and your partner are different people, so you're going to have these things that you're never going to resolve. They're just going to be omnipresent factors. And until you learn to play with them and sort of laugh it off, That's gonna be just like a drudgery to try to get through every single time you have that argument that feels so similar. But if you were able to like bring an element of play in it, and just like a a little bit of teasing, like an oh, of course, like you would say that, you know, like just like oh god, I bet this is
1: really making you crazy, right? Yeah, just like a yeah, like a um, out of all of the things to to have, like yeah, just making it bringing some levity to it. Yeah, Yeah, bringing some
0: levity. Caitlin and I. Ha, used to have a very like fiery relationship in terms of n- and not in a good way in, in terms of uh the conversation surrounding religion. But we not have off. uh we have really softened to each other in that way. Um and now like when we if we're somewhere and there's like a religious ceremony, like a wedding or funeral, or whatever we're and we're we're together and it's like I can sense I now see it through her eyes and I <laughs> I like to turn to her and be like, what if I needed like everything you just heard about Women submitting to their husbands, or this, or that, or like all the other, like if that's what. What if I sat down and told you that's what I wanted for our wedding? Would you still marry me? And she like that's a way that we can play, play with it about now. it, and so she, she
1: knows that then you're not as serious as if it would be scary to her if you were really serious about these things, and right. you're not,
0: so it's less scary. Exactly, Ugh. and we can play with so those obvious serious. how it works. Yeah, and I think also you just. I know that we've talked before about like being disconnected. like that, And that's, I think, a problem a lot of people deal with is mm-hmm. in terms of your schedules and work and all that. And like being disconnected from one another and then trying to jump right back in and do the business part of your relationship, mm-hmm. that you're just going to feel frustration. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel like, oh, mm-hmm. this person is, like, they they want something different than I want, and I'm frustrated with them. They're just a roadblock to the thing that right. I need. And actually, OK, so from the that's u- why you have to Utah State it. University, there was like a long list of suggestions for play. I thought most of them were kind of obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the one that I thought was really important is that you should protect play. So play is something that you need to, like, obviously schedule into your relationship. Put it on the calendar. Make sure that it it happens. Um, they talked about budgeting for play and making sure, like, there obviously there's many ways of ha- having play that are free or very low cost. Making your money work for you, though. Mm-hmm. But when there are important things that you want to do, Go see a concert together, right? Go. If that's your jam, like that's what you should do. Like uh-huh. that, you should make that part of that is just as valuable as a way to make your money work. The one thing I thought was a really important point is that sharing your friendship. Sorry, yeah. I was just thinking about this. Is about this yeah. is about the friendship part of your relationship. Yeah, I agree. Because you and I exclusively play together. Because that's what friends are. People right. that play together. That's what you play. Well, we don't exclusively play because also we have like growth conversations i mean that's fun like that. for me it, that's pleasurable time that's
1: idle time spent <laughs> pleasurably so okay, all right well um, you can grow from play y'all is that and masturbation <laughs> <laughs> look just because you get pregnant when you have sex doesn't mean that sex wasn't fun that's true what mm-hmm. i'm saying
0: is that just because yeah. we grow from these conversations doesn't mean they're not play so our emotional go- growth is like pregnancy. Um, that you heard it here first. Like <laughs> Yes, exactly. So, but the one thing I thought was really important important out of Utah State was you need to protect play from conflict and resentment. So, oftentimes people will have like a playful setting, and you'll go into it thinking like, "I want to." We're going to go to this fun place, and then you still have those like baggage conversations that you bring into that it. Resonates. But being intentional and being and saying, "Listen, we're going to go do this thing. We're going to go uh, play golf or." See a a concert or whatever, and that space is going to be just for our friendship, play, relationship.
1: I made this mistake on Friday, no Thursday. So one of the last days this week, I was just telling you about this. How Mark and I were out to dinner and having, we were just having a really nice, playful conversation, really having an enjoyable middle of the week random date, and um, and Mark had been in a playful mood and whatever, and so I, but I ended up just taking it to like a place that was like because talking and deep talk is playful for me and I have fun doing that it's heavy and serious and hard for Mark but I took it to that place without being intentional and it kind of bummed out his night like it mm-hmm. just kind of we were playing and having a good time and then he was like wait I didn't want to have to have a serious conversation yeah and that was an, an example of me not being aware that something that is play for me is actually work and hard work for Mark the same way that Mark's sports mm-hmm. Mark, desperately wishes that he could teach me how to play tennis or pickleball. Yeah. I keep promising him that one day when we have a nice warm day, he could teach me how to play pickleball, and I'm really excited to learn how. But play is just inherently fun for Mark. There's no, or I'm sorry, physical sports, activity, sports are inherently mm-hmm. play for Mark, and there's no baggage there, and it's all good. For me, there's so much baggage with sports and so much baggage with physical play that it's
0: not as fun for me. Mm-hmm. We have to compromise, though. Right. You know? Well, and this reminds me of our episode where, uh, I don't know what this was about. Maybe love languages? And y- it was the acting as if you're interested. Behave right. as if you're interested. And I think that there's, like, play needs to be and such... And then you will be. <laughs> yeah, right. Play needs to be such an omnipresent part of your relationship that there there are times where you're going to be play and you're tr- playing and you're truly invested. You're both turned in. You're both really enjoying the That's play. That's all you're doing is play. Right. But there's space in a relationship for, like, a play in terms of... Like you can play pickleball. Caitlin can listen to show tunes. Like that that kind of play is still it still has a is still valuable. It still has a place. Right. Even and if like, it doesn't what
1: feel is it like a bad day that I've spent the day playing pickleball and Mark spent the day having a nice conversation over dinner? Like right. that's not a bad day. It's just not our preferred play. Guess right. what? As you always say, it's a long life. It's a long life. I'll get to do yes, that. It's right. Actually, long conversation is actually work for Mark. I'll give you an example of a play that I like that he doesn't usually like is going to the movies. I love going to the movies, and Mark finds it to be kind of a waste of money. But I love it so much that he, once in a while, will suck it up and go to the movies with me. There you and go. It's, it's, and I will suck it up and go watch a sporting event with him. Yeah, I find okay. I find sporting arenas to be quite fun. There's actually bars
0: and things to buy. That's there's <laughs> bars, things to buy, and uh, people who are passionate and excited about something. And yeah. as a person that's not really interested in sports, I do love that element. That well, I like getting a tan in the thing. summer too at the, at the love baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This All is right. So what a good what kinds of play do you guys like? Please let us know. Yeah. If you
1: any ideas on how to incorporate more play, mm-hmm. our big thing is that it has to be it has to be kind, and mm-hmm. that's it. Like any way that like any way to incorporate play into your life. I what would you say? Like making sure that you're playing every single day is like a, oh, a yeah. priority. Old, it's like, not multiple times. I mean, day. being playful, being playful. Unless you have to be serious, I think that maybe it's a good idea to just be playful always. Unless you have to be. Yeah, Like, make an effort to be playful,
0: even when you're in a bad mood, right. you know? I think that's... Like, when you get lost, you just laugh at it. Like, there's a nothing to change a bad mood better than playing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that's something that I have learned. That's, like, if I had to say the number one thing my marriage has taught me, it's that play, that... There's silliness, no- there's nothing. It. yeah. There's nothing that a little silliness can't help.
1: So and this is, and this is the last story I'll tell, and then we can end this. You heard this this morning from the bedroom where you were sleeping. Is that Mark was like saying something a little sexist this morning, and he caught himself being a little sexist about it, and like, knew that that was going to upset me and laughed. And you heard me repeat it. But what he said first is the patriarchy is strong with with this one. <laughs> and he was talking about himself. And, like, that is an example of Mark playing with me because he knew that he had said something that would upset me mm-hmm. and that he made a self-deprecating joke that he knew I would laugh at. And Mark, by the way, had never said the word patriarchy out loud before he met me. So, like, he knows. It's I was going to say. It's, it's just... a joke made to me. Yeah. And it, and it completely alleviated All of the irritation that I would have felt about Mm -hmm. the accidental tiny sexist thing that he said, right? Just about how there's no female foosball tables, which there are,
0: (laughs) but yeah, like exactly that's exactly. And I think the key there, and this is this is um one of those things like you're shocked this works. You need to know your partner, you need to know how they play, what their limits are, and what they'll enjoy. Yep, and also as a partner, you make not concessions, but you can be open to ways of play that aren't inherently. Painful or hurtful towards you, but a ways of play that may not be your natural way yes. of playing about it. Yes. All right. I All have a right. recommendation okay, in terms of play. Yes. Uh, my recommendation is another board game, and this is the perfect uh, episode to recommend this game on. This is called Azul, A-Z-U-L. It's hmm. a board game. You can get it at Target. It's also, like, I mean, it's everywhere, Amazon, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and there's, it's a board game. It's about uh, patterns. And um, if you do, you don't need to know the backstory to, like, have a good time with it. I looked it up today to, to recommend it on the pod. And um, I was uh, – it's – okay, so here's a little backstory. It says, introduced by the Moors, Azulejos, which I think I'm, I'm probably pronouncing wrong because Spanish is not my <laughs> – first, second, or third language. Okay. Um, originally, it says, uh, we're fully embraced by the Portuguese when their king, Manuel I, on a visit to the Alhambra place in southern Spain, was mesmerized with a stunning beauty of Moorish decorative tiles. And the game is... Beautiful, like it's so fun. You would like it because it's pretty. I just like pretty things. Yeah, That's all I want. Beauty is one of is one of our shared values. Yes. Um, the king, awestruck by the interior beauty interior beauty of the tiles, immediately ordered, ordered his own palace in Portugal to be de- decorated with similar wall tiles. And you are the tiling artist, and you've been challenged to embellish the walls of the royal palace of Evora mm. and so you get to like you you build your thing and it's a collaborative game I mean it's not collab you, you're still come it's still competition but it is collaborative in the sense that you're all playing together on the mm-hmm. same um so I I I recently played this with my brother and uh, my sister-in-law and my, and my wife and we had a great time and it's a very beautiful game for people who like tiles and patterns and beautiful things. Also, I like a game that's not centered around like escaping a tragedy
1: or killing somebody. It's centered around like, can you can you decorate this like gorgeous artwork? Yeah, that's, that is exactly. If I could make a game like, what's high stakes in Katie's life? Like putting some tiles up. Yeah, exactly. Um, my recommendation is for this awesome article that's really old, but I found it, um, and I just you guys have to read it because Lauren and I had some conversations about it. Mm-hmm. Mark Manson, you guys might know him as the guy that wrote. Um, um six toxic no habits? I know that's the name yeah. of the article but the book that he wrote is it's oh my gosh it is like the how to not give a fuck that's mm-hmm. the I think that that's or how to stop giving a fuck something mm-hmm. like that great book actually you should read it I sent it to my brother for Christmas it's like It's like cognitive behavioral therapy, but not squishy. So if you have anybody in your life that would want that, it's a good read. Um, This guy wrote this awesome article in 2014, but it's six healthy relationship habits that most people think are toxic. And it made me have some really... I forget how I came across this, but it made me have some really um, big thoughts that I had not thought about before. So I cannot... emphasize enough how good this is. Um, Mark Manson has a really approachable way of talking about mental health. And I have to say that like, even though some of his language can be a little bit crass, I think that it's just authentic in how he talks and I stand behind his big points. So I recommend not only him, but also a lot of the articles
0: on his website. Awesome. So, I yeah, I, I can this I can't I haven't read the book, but I can second the recommendation that this article really did make me think. And we Caitlyn yeah. and I read it together. We had some great conversations following. It.
1: Ooh that makes me happy to hear this yeah. guy's a big Gottman fan too. So oh, yeah. The whole Bur- first Birds so of a feather, mm-hmm. Austin Mark Manson. So true. All right, y'all. We love you, and we uh,
0: so much, and I
1: think we spoused. We did it. We spoused. Have a good week, everybody.